Welcome to Training and Assessment Professional Development Podcast, where we help you keep up to date in your professional development all through the year. Don't forget, subscribe and get the latest episodes and jump over to our Facebook page, Training and Assessment Professional Development, where you'll get lots of tips and tricks. Uh, Like, share, and we'll keep you up to date. your host Donna Moulds and I'm so grateful to have you with me again. Now today we're going to talk about dealing with difficult students. You know if you've been in training for a short time or a long time you know that at times you have challenging students for various reasons and we're going to talk about some of those reasons. So when you think about Um, dealing with a difficult student, sometimes that can put you off a bit in your delivery. But I'm here to tell you that there's some strategies and even just simple things to think about that will change your way of dealing with anyone who is a bit of a challenging student or very difficult. Now, over the years, I can tell you we've had some difficult students. That's just the way it is. Anyone who tells you they've never had a difficult student is not telling you the truth if they've been in training for a number of years because we we could be delivering training to a room of 10 people, 20 people, and you're always going to get that person that can challenge you or it just doesn't want to be there. Or But we'll, we'll go into what some of these reasons are a little bit later. Now, let me just, I'll give you a funny story because I like to tell these stories where you can resonate with, um, you know, what it might be like. Now, I had a trainer that was new. She, She was just starting to deliver Certificate 2 in Business. So, and Certificate 2 in Business is is relatively straightforward to deliver in its units of competency and its skill level. And, and she had all the skills to be able to deliver, but of course, she was learning how to deliver the training. And so, um, this particular uh, group of students were long-term unemployed. Um, some had disabilities. Some were trying to rehabilitate after injury. And there was one particular student, and um, he he was challenging in his thought process because he was very black and white and needed to know what you know why he was doing something. And this one particular day this trainer was only delivering something for about two hours. And so I had set up the classroom for the delivery. I had set up the instructions, which were clearly written on the whiteboard. They had the resources that they needed, um, and they were going to break into groups and answer some questions. And, you know, it, it was and, – and this one was around environmental sustainability in, for example, recycling things in an office environment, reusing envelopes. And um, it, it, the delivery was pretty straightforward, as straightforward as it can get. Anyway, this trainer, after about 20 minutes, had to come and get me, and I was in a meeting 
um, and this student was just had her in tears and I couldn't understand what was going on because this was environmental sustainability. It wasn't anything emotional. It wasn't anything that, you know, it was confusing. It was just, it was quite straightforward with what people had to do. And in fact, what this student was upset about was um, the fact that they they really didn't understand the question um, that, that triggered this behaviour. And he was just being so antagonistic towards the trainer. Anyway, I um, obviously had to step in and I had to say to this student, so what specifically is the problem here from your perspective? And he was explaining that that was just a stupid question. He couldn't understand why the question was being asked and 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 it's irrelevant. And And I said, well, hang on a second. Um, it's a simple question of if you're in an office environment and you could recycle an envelope, would you? And he goes, well, why would you recycle an envelope? And I said, well, because you don't want to waste envelopes. And if it's an internal um, memo or something's going around the office, you can cross out information on it. You could put a sticker on it. You could do whatever. But again, you, you're reusing, which again, all of these little environmental steps are about um, making your footprint smaller in an office environment. And I knew something wasn't right because this was a really simple question, but he he just wouldn't grasp that it was so simple and that if he was in an office environment, this would be relevant. And in his mind, it just wasn't relevant and he couldn't understand why we were doing it. Anyway, the the trainer left, I took over and he just kept being antagonistic. And I had to say to him, why are you being this antagonistic about something? And he goes, well, I'll just leave. And I said, well, that's your choice. You can leave. And he got up and walked out and and left. And that was fine. And then you have to settle the rest of the students down because obviously that's disruptive for everyone. And this particular student then came back in and I'm like, well, you can come back in and that's not a problem. However, your behaviour is a problem. Um, so you you have to make a choice here. And I'm happy to discuss this with you in private after the class if that's what you would like to do. And he, again, was still quite triggered by whatever it was. And um, he then chose to leave again. And the next day, I actually didn't expect him to return the next day, but I did expect him to eventually return. But the next day he returned and he said, and straight away he owned it. And he said, he said, you know, Donna, I went home last night, I had a few beers, had to think about it, and I was wrong. And I'm really sorry about yesterday. And I said, well, it's not really me that you um, owe an apology to. It's actually my trainer, and I won't say her name, I said because she was actually really upset and she didn't understand what was happening. And um, anyway, the discussion went on and, and he apologised and, and so forth. But the point to this is how we handle it. And when someone's being antagonistic or, or they're being aggressive towards you, because he did become quite aggressive, you have to be able to shift that energy. You have to be able to shift 
the dynamics with setting clear boundaries. So for her, the the trainer, it was very difficult because this was her first experience. She had not experienced anything like this before. So she actually didn't know what to do. And, and we debriefed that afternoon. I checked in with her the next morning and, and asked how you were feeling and, and what was coming up for you and if we needed to discuss anything else. Uh, so this student then later on that day in the break, they um, went and apologised, which which was great because that the, the trainer needed that because she was still a bit thrown about what was happening. And then, of course, once, you know, he comes back into the classroom, I, it's a clean slate for me, right? I'm not going to treat you any differently because you behaved badly yesterday. I'm going to treat you exactly the same as I have from the start but I have boundaries and the boundaries are really important. So you need to identify what your boundaries are because they're the boundaries, they're the guidelines that are going to guide how your classroom functions or even if it's online, you still need to have those boundaries. But you also need to identify strategies that you can bring things back if things do get out of hand. So what is a difficult student? A difficult student is is a student who, for whatever reason, is not wanting to participate, not wanting to be open to any possible new learnings, and not wanting to engage at all. And you know that's different to a student who just wants to sit in in on the program and and take whatever in, and they don't want to participate. Not participating on its own is not being a difficult student, but someone who is also taking over the conversations all the time. So you want you want a lot of people in the room to participate and engage, and we all know that adults learn through story. But if the one person is always telling the story and it's always their way and they're dominating other people, that can be quite difficult. So... Why do we experience difficult students? This is a really interesting one because if you were to reflect back on a situation where you did have a difficult student, maybe think about this from, from looking at are they coming from a place of fear? And because we, we worked with um, a lot of students who had uh, very difficult backgrounds or they had had long-term unemployed and financial hardship and um, f- difficult family dynamics and, you know, they were, they were struggling. There's a lot of fear. If they didn't do well in school, there's a lot of fear. Well, if I didn't do well in school, how am I going to do well in this class? But I have to come to this class. So we had a lot of different situations in my training organisation where people had to do mandatory study or they had to get a job. So it was one or the other. And some people are quite fine with that. They're coming to a course because they want to develop skills. Others are coming to a course because they have to be there. They have no choice. Well, they do have a choice, but that means that they're not going to get their payment. Then there's other people who have done a skill set or had a career, but they can't do that anymore and therefore, you know, they're resistant to the learning because they go, well, I ha- I'm too old to learn something new. So there's a lot of these things that come up, a lot of fear-based things that are coming up. And so when the fear-based um, stories in their head come up, you'll get some resistance, okay? 
um, a student who doesn't want to be there, they're there because the organisation sent them and said they have to go there. It's mandatory training, whether this be, you know, work health and safety is mandatory training. Discrimination is mandatory training. There's different training that, you know, they have to go to every year and they go, well, nothing's changed. Why am I here? Well, because it's an annual thing. And maybe, just maybe, you'll get something from this today. And maybe you'll connect with other like-minded people. Who knows? So, again, when you've got a, a student that doesn't want to be there, and, and, you know, this might be not politically correct, or but we would say, you know, someone was a hostage if they were forced to be there and they didn't want to be there and they were resentful of being there. The fear is different, though. Fear of failure, fear of not understanding, fear of not being smart enough. And, and let me tell you, these are not things I'm making up. These are fears that we experienced with our students a lot, you know, over running my organisation and being in the training industry for over 15 years, 17 years now, you know, we came across fear a lot, all right? And the other thing people do is compare to others. So if someone's getting through the homework faster, they compare to that person. We'll see I'm not smart enough, I'm not, I'm not understanding. And so you have to be able to identify what's happening um, for that person to help alleviate the fear. And you're not just telling someone not to be fearful. You, you have to identify their story if you really want to help them get rid of the fear. Um, you'll also have students who know it all. You know, they have to be there, but they know all of this. So they're going to challenge you on everything that you say. And let me tell you, those trainers who are not prepared, who don't know their content, this is going to be a massive challenge for you because people who do know their stuff are going to challenge you if you say something that is not correct because you haven't done your homework and you're not fully prepared for the session that you're delivering. And I have seen that many times. Trainers who think they can wing it, you are never going to be a quality trainer if you continuously think you can wing it. And, you know, being in the industry for over 17 years, I never think I can wing it. My best sessions are the sessions that I'm fully prepared for. Let me tell you, that does not change no matter how many years you have been in the industry, no matter how many years you have been delivering the same content. Things change. Examples change. You want to be fresh. You want to have new stories to engage. You want to have new handouts. You want to make sure your statistics are up to date. You want to make sure your case studies are relevant to the industry that you're delivering to. These are all important things and they also help you deliver and not have those challenging students challenging you throughout your delivery. Students who dominate the conversation, who always want to tell a story or want to take it in a different direction, sometimes that's fear-based as well. Well, if I speak up and I make myself sound good, people won't really realise that I don't know what I'm talking about. That's just one example, but there are many examples. All right, so when you think about um, why you have a challenging student, you then can form a strategy to deal with that. Now, one of the things that you want to be able to do, and, and I do this regularly, people know why they're at the training mostly, but sometimes they aren't really clear on why they're there. 
So I always start off with people introducing themselves and then I actually continue with, okay, so what's one thing you could take away from today that you think would be beneficial? Like what do you want to take from today? What do you want to get from today? What do you want to discuss today? Right? And when you hear what someone wants to get from today or get from the whole program, if it's a you know a six-week program, a 12-week program, when you start to understand what that person wants, I want to just learn more. I want to develop my skills. I want to be able to communicate better. I want to be able to write emails. I want to be able to research on the internet. You know, people will start to say what they actually want to get from it. I want to build my confidence. Um, You can make sure that you're meeting the needs of your student. You can engage them, right? A trainer should be able to think on their feet pretty quickly. Don't just be honed in on what it is you're there to deliver because you're there to deliver curriculum or you're there to deliver content, you're there to deliver skills, but you also have to be open to being able to meet individuals' needs. And that's not a big challenge. That's not a difficult thing to do if you're listening, right? And if you're identifying a difficult student at that time, then become curious as to why they're doing what they're doing. Your emotional intelligence is really important here because you want to be able to go, okay, I understand. People's language tells a lot. There's a language, a fear-based language that you'll hear. There's a dominating language that you'll you'll hear. Um, you know, people who are disgruntled with their workplace but they're at the training, you'll hear that too. And you can manage that effectively and you can reduce the amount of challenges you're going to have in the classroom or online if you're managing that well. And your language is so important as well. Look, I understand what you're saying and that you might not be happy in your workplace, but at the end of the day, these are skills you can develop and you can take those skills to any workplace. So let's be open here to maybe being able to learn a new skill. Do you think that's possible? Asking someone if it's possible. Permission-based communication is one of the best ways to be able to get a difficult student to engage with you or diffuse challenging situations quite quickly because you're using permission-based communication. I understand you have a lot to say and that's great, but for now, can we share the floor? So there's different ways to do that. And that will make your delivery a lot simpler. So I want you to reflect back on where you might have had a difficult student. Think about what can you recognize from that situation? Are you able to see it from a different perspective now? And what would you do differently in the future? There's some things to think about. And until next time, I'm going to leave you with these thoughts. When you have a challenging student, use it as an opportunity for you to grow, for you to develop your skills. It might be uncomfortable, 
but uncomfortable is okay if you're using it as a growth opportunity. Till next time, thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to share this podcast with someone who you think might get value from it. And you could subscribe to our Facebook page, Training and Assessment Professional Development. Cheers for now.